Something good, something nice, but it's embargoed, so we cannot mention it now. Other than this, um, I've been reading and watching TV shows. Watched uh, Dark Materials on HBO and uh, revisited uh, Lovecraft's Country again because it's a phenomenal, great show. We finally got through it. Yeah. I did not go on said trip. I stayed home. And the first day was amazing. I had the house to myself. And it wasn't even like I did anything exciting. Like I did I did everything that I do on a normal day. But I didn't have to talk. I don't know what it is about just like not talking. Sometimes you need that. That's amazing. Yeah. Like I get up. I pet the dogs. I take them out. It's just like mundane stuff. And then the next day, I was so lonely. <laughs> Aww. Day two, I can only do it for one day. One day is amazing. Day two, I'm like, when are you coming home? I'm so lonely. Where so are you? You need how many one day, like a month? She needs a one day a week. Really? One day a week? <laughs> you know it's bi-weekly? I think it's bi-weekly. Yeah, I think bi-weekly. Yeah. Every two weeks. Every like 14 days. Okay, so we'll, we'll set up like these, <laughs> these like schedules for work things every two weeks if we can. <laughs> yeah, but just for one day because the next day I'm so sad. Well, me, I've been, I've been playing. Besides, you know, all the stuff we do for this, um, on my free time, I've been one. I've been rewatching uh, Naruto, the anime. I try to get Desert to watch it, mm-hmm. and she doesn't like the yelling and the whininess of the characters, mm-hmm. which I, I get. But I've already seen Naruto, so like. I'm just like really enjoying watching it again. Um, besides that, I'm wa- I'm playing The Last of Us Two for the second time, and that game is phenomenal. And I'm so excited for the HBO series um, helmed by Craig Mazin um, and the director. I, I'm losing his name right now. Um, anyway, the team behind Chernobyl. For the Last of Us series, oh, that is going to be guys. If if you play video games at all, you love great stories. 
play The Last of Us 2. Yeah, I really appreciate what kind of video games you like. Yeah. They're like video games that I'm like, I'll just sit here and watch it. And then I like like the characters. It's then, great. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, and I, and and on top of that, uh, I'm so excited for the, Rose excitement. Like every time I come to to see them and record the podcast, and I see him like playing it, I say, "Wow, visuals looks amazing, graphics look great," and I cannot wait to watch it on the big screen. I mean, like on this on the screen as a TV show, and especially from this great. The collaboration of team, you know, like after what I saw in Chernobyl, this would be phenomenal. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's a perfect team behind it because Chernobyl, it, the feel and the look of it is The Last of Us. Yeah, like it's a flawless show. Like, yeah, um, it, yeah, it fits perfectly, and I, I just add add monsters and zombies to it. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Um, and I love. I love the the characters, and I love the morality questions that The Last of Us Two brings up. Like the the first one brings up, um, also really good morality questions of like, you know, which we've seen before. Like, um, you know, is one life worth millions? Um, that you know, again, we've seen that before. But this one asks. It makes it plays with like the what makes a hero and it makes you look and question, you know, what a hero is and whether our hero as they have been presented to us is actually our hero. Um, and it's, it, it, it's really cool. It makes you worry about the, the decisions they're going to make. And it's, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal story. Um, I love this analysis. Like I cannot wait. Oh, and, and it's beautiful. It's so, uh, um, Naughty Dog makes such cinematic games. I mean, aside from aside from Crash Bandicoot. Oh, I love Crash. It's cinematic animation. You're like it's animation in a way. It's cinematic in a way or another because oh. they're good story build. You know, so oh, yeah, and developing yeah. the characters and everything. No, I love it. And then besides that, um, my cousin did something horrendous. Which Desiree is not happy about. I, ha- I like it sometimes. My cousin made me. He made me play with him the Call of Duty Warzone, which I know has been out for a while, and everybody's been obsessed with it. And I'm just, I'm not a MMO player. I'm not a mass multiplayer online game like person where like we're just shooting at each other or fighting each other or whatever. Like I've never enjoyed that. I've never been great at it. I'm not bad at it, but I'm not great at it. And I haven't played one in probably ten years. And so he made me play with him, and I enjoyed really the camaraderie of like being on a headset and talking to like your friends from around the world or your family. And so because of that aspect, I decided to download it, and I've been playing that a lot more than I expected to because I haven't played it in so long that I'm bad at it, and I hate being bad at something. Mm-hmm. I hate being bad at stuff too. And so I'm like, I have to get better. I have to get better. I have to get better. I'm just like playing, playing, playing. So, and I get so frustrated. I only allow myself to play until I'm like really frustrated. I don't want to get angry. And so, so I just play until I'm frustrated. And then I'm like, all right, I'm turning this off. So, but it's been, it's been fun uh, connecting with people and getting on. And yeah, I'm, I'm uh, I don't know how long this Call of Duty phase will last, but I'm enjoying it. I'm writing it for now. 
I think you 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 keep enjoying that you you end the game. You're like you you you, you get perfect. There's no ending. No. Yeah, there's no ending. That's why I said like I I, I came. That's the problem. That's why I don't like it. Perfect. There's no end in sight. I like storylines. I like being taken through, and I like a finality. And we don't get that with this. <laughs> that's why I love no playing end. on Nintendo Switch and end the games. You know, like an ending. I like finale. finale. I like finality to things. That's what I meant to say. I phrased oh, it. Oh, you put. You put finale with... I phrased it strangely. Yeah. Anyway, I like things that end. And so I like seeing conclusions and things being wrapped up. And you don't get that with like these kind of games because it's not about storyline. It's about killing each other. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like things that have no end. But you know what I do like, Shama? Yes. I like when people give us a follow at mreportpod on Twitter on Instagram, Minority Sport Film on Facebook. And before we get into it today, guys, we are going to be reviewing at the end of the show, Unhinged, the new Russell Crowe movie coming out in theaters this weekend. Um, so stick around at the end to listen to our full review. We're going to have non-spoiler mostly, a little bit of spoiler. But like in reality, this is not the kind of movie that can really be spoiled. The trailer shows you what it's all about. So if you want to stick, stick through to the very end, listen to everything, it's really not going to spoil everything. But if you're one of those people that really wants to know as little as possible, you don't even watch the trailer, then yeah, you might want to dip out when we go into spoilers. So again, review of Unhinged, the new Russell Crowe movie, towards the end of the show. Let's get into the report. First up, the news! Sean. Movie theaters are opening... I cannot believe that we are living to have this moment again. Since March and the entire industry shut down, like the entire world, some of the drive-in theaters open, independent theaters open, Cinemark opened some of their locations, but with AMC opening 112 of their locations this Thursday, and then with Regal and Cinemark opening more locations and other independent chains and more small chains opening, Things are coming back. AMC will be celebrating 100 years and they are celebrating their anniversary by playing classic movies and some of their reruns for 15 cents. One, five. That's the price where AMC started 100 years ago in Kansas City. That's, that's, that's good. I like this idea that they went back to the original pricing and they, and they are doing it. To bring people back to the theaters for 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 the audience, for the people to see, oh, is it safe to go back? And they can make their decision. Yeah, but for me, at 15 cents, I wouldn't even be going to see if it's safe. Because I'm not even taking a risk. Why? I'm spending $5 to buy out the auditorium. Exactly. <laughs> you can buy out the whole auditorium, especially with like 30% capacity, I believe. So and the number of sold out shows nationwide. I was trying like to do some. I'm telling you, I think a lot of people are freaking out. I bet you a lot of these theater GMs and stuff are freaking out. Like we're gonna be slammed. You're gonna be surprised how many like a family of four bought out the entire auditorium. I uh, yeah, I would not be surprised. I think this is happening. You think 50 people are coming to that show and four people show up? <laughs> yeah. I, wow. I, I'm I'm so excited to know what's gonna happen on Thursday. Especially like looking at these show times in the big locations. Wow, what's going on? 
You know, I, I, and it's smart that like unhinged is not opening on Thursday to late in the day. It's not included in that uh, discounted price. It's opening like wide on Friday and some locations on Thursday, but with AMC deals, it's not opening on Thursday at their locations. So, um, that's not the indicator of Thursday and the number of sales because it will not be a big impact on the box office because of 15 cents number of attendance. It will not be that great to judge. But the weekend with Unhinged and Cutthroat City will be the metric to judge what's going on, what's happening. And we might find things that we never thought of. And also for those that follow us on Twitter, you got to see we got a little vent fest going on. Uh, as we realized, as AMC put their tickets on sale, we saw that they were not doing what Regal and Cinemark were doing, which was, you know, if, if I buy a seat, it blocks out the seats adjacent to me to my sides. Um, AMC was not doing that automatically in their system. We put it out there. We were arguing about this. A couple of people commented back. Um, well, it seems like AMC has rectified the situation. They put their people hard at work, and now – when you go to book your tickets, whatever's available across the country, um, it does block the seats adjacent to you to further enforce that social distancing. Wow. And shows the mark. They did that. Yeah, yeah, and it shows the mark now. Like on Thursday when they started putting the tickets on sale, you can see once you 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 buy a, t- a ticket, you will see like the the row in front of you and the row behind you. If you are in an undercliner location, blocked automatic, but you don't see the one adjacent to you. They left it to the courtesy of the guest. Of, of the whoever buying the ticket to leave the space since since it will say like what what seat is blocked and what seat is booked now so now you can see like if you're buying let's say f7 this the, you, you can see like that f6 and f8 is blocked next to you and you can see like the mark saying blocked which is different from sold which is happening at at uh, cinemark and regal as well and this is so, so good. Yes, they are losing lots of seats because in non-recliner location, once you click on your seat, the system will block the one on your right, the one on your left, and the three in front of you and the three behind you oh, in yeah. non-recliner because of the spacing. It's not less than six feet. But the recliner locations, the, it, it blocks one on your right and one on your left because there's six feet from your front and from your back on recliners. Hmm. So th- what they lost in the capacity for the non-recliner and the reseated locations, now they are losing it equally in both. Um, I, I've said this, I think I feel like I've alluded to this, like, though I'm comfortable enough to go-ish, and if I feel uncomfortable, I'm just going to walk out and leave. Um, I... I'm also of the mindset that I'm perfectly okay with theaters not open until next year. You know? So, but for safety reasons. Can you wait for Tenet not to go watch it in theaters? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. The for movie, safe, for the safety movie, reasons. Yeah, wait a minute. The movie's opening now. Would you prevent yourself from going to watch it? It's opening in, in less than two weeks. I mean, I'm not going to watch it with other people. So you'll wait like in an early show in the morning or something and you will sure. buy. So, yeah, I can see you doing that. Some people will pay for the price of the whole row, just like for themselves, to just like prevent contamination. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go and have people around. So next up on the news, guys, Space Jam, A New Legacy. Rap production and WB is currently working on the VFX. The sequel to the beloved, or beloved to many, 1996 original is penned by Ryan Coogler, 
Yes, that's Ryan Coogler. Mr. Black Panther himself. Well, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Um, and Sev Ohanian. Ohanian? Sev Ohanian, who's the guy that co-wrote uh, Searching, last year's awesome movie, with Anish Shiganti. Um, and Space Jam is going to be directed by Malcolm D. Lee, who you might know him from Girls Night, Girls Trip, Girls Trip, Girls and, Trip, and Night School, and School Night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and like, Night School. It's interesting, guys, because um, this leadership, like, 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 like filmmakers together. Is interesting. It's you know, such a weird, weird mix combination. Of yes, like Ryan Coogler, like Black Panther, and uh, the upcoming uh, Judas and the Messiah, and the Black Messiah, Messiah. and uh, uh, um, was searching and like thriller and mystery, and like Malcolm D. Lee, which, which he directed like lots of fun movies, like comedies, like Shop, and like comedies. So, and Space Jam is a big phenomenon like 20, 40 years ago. Yeah. So, to have a sequel with LeBron James and the Warner Brothers putting this big budget. I'll say, I'll say Malcolm Dealey makes the most sense out of this team. But then you hear Ryan Coogler and then the guy that co wrote Searching. So, like, we got the guy who did uh, Fruitvale Station, Creed, Black Panther, producing. Judas and the Black Messiah is writing co-writing Space Jam with LeBron James. It's it just feels and Bugs Bunny and of course Bugs Bunny is uh, is the star. Anyway, um, I don't know. I, I I can't honestly. I can't say I'm excited for this. I am excited. I can't say I'm excited for this. I'm not a huge LeBron James fan. I'm not a LeBron James fan at all. Actually. Um, but are so, you a Bugs Bunny fan? I am a Bugs Bunny fan. Are you a Sylvester fan? A Sylvester fan? Tasmanian Devils fan. Yes. Yes. yes My dad too. has a tattoo. I love that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the Tasmanian Devil, or is it? He either has the Tasmanian Devil, Devil, and Yosemite Sam, or mixing them up. Oh, nice. Oh, he either has both, or I don't know which one. I like. I like Taz. Oh, I'm excited. I love. I, I love Lola Bunny. Yes, who doesn't? In the original Space Jam, she's awesome. So yeah, but you know, it's coming whether I like it or not, and I'm gonna watch it. So, although they did, did you see the image for the 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 uniform? That's the only thing I'm not excited it about. Looks horrendous. It looks horrendous. The uniform, the uniform looks. Oh, guys, if you haven't seen this, we'll put it up on Instagram. Um, it's. It's horrendous. If you want to check it out, I'm Report Pod. Man, it's bad. The movie's coming out in July 2021. So hopefully it will be great with these great filmmakers blended together. Mm-hmm. Next up on the news, another reboot. William Friedkin's 1973 horror classic, The Exorcist, is getting a reboot for theatrical release in 2021 by Morgan Creek Productions. I'm excited. I'm always excited like, for new talent, for fresh blood to go do something new. But uh, not fresh blood from the exor- Exorcist, please. But I'm excited for a new production to I, see. I need to rewatch The Exorcist. I saw The Exorcist so long ago. I was Mm-mm. a child. Mm-mm. Okay? Mm-mm. 
And Mm-mm. you're not you don't have to you, watch you're it. You're not even allowed to be in the house with that movie. I'm gonna watch you it. You take here. the laptop, you go watch it in the car. No, no, I'll watch it here. No, you can come to my house and watch it. I got yeah. so, actually no I don't want to watch it in my house because I don't want to remember that my house like no no, let's watch it at Ryan. At yes. Professor's oh, Professor Horror's Horror, we're coming over to watch the exodus with you. Since he's teaching about it this uh, year in his class, like let's go and watch it with his students. Watch it with his students. Yeah, with his students. Yeah. Social distancing in the classroom. Would be Make fun. room for us. Um but no, I, you know, you know. Let me let me be honest. I I always think I don't love The Exorcist, but and this is gonna sound awful. But like, I, it's again, I watched it as a child, blame my parents, and then I watched it in the two thousands as a teenager, which I remember more about. Definitely. Scary movie. I and you know, it's scary movie. Child. They make fun yeah. of The Exorcist. Yeah. So, and I don't know what images I'm remembering are from Scary Movie. <laughs> from Scary Movie? Which ones are from wow. Exorcist. So, I need to rewatch the movie. Wow. <laughs> Needless to. Oh, like, if we get to watch this movie, I'm telling you, it has to be like at 8 or 9 in the morning. In the morning, yeah. And we have like to do 1,700,000 million things throughout the day. I'll watch High School Musical immediately after it cures everything. Or maybe you can go play basketball with Zach Efron or something like just like to refresh the day. You yes, know? please. Yeah. Um, next up on the news, Will Smith and Kevin Hart, guys, <laughs> talk, oh gosh, man, I mean, I know that the last, like, 15 years have been all about remakes, this is getting ridiculous, anyway, Will Smith, Kevin Hart, will produce and star in a remake of the 1987 John Hughes classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You know what I don't, I'm not excited about? Huh. This one, this one, like, I'm not excited at all. So I think that this remake should be, you know, I'm hoping that they play with the title and it's called something like Jets, Maglev, and Teslas. Oh, I can be I can be interested in something <laughs> like that. I didn't see the first one. You know. I don't need You didn't miss a lot. <laughs> it's just, weird. It's weird because on Twitter, so many people are saying it's their favorite comedy of all time. And I wonder if they've seen comedy since 1987. But for me, it's 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 fine. But then again, I'm not a huge fan of like John Candy, right? Um, anyway, the other big thing I'm seeing online is, which I completely agree with, is that the predictable thing and the more than likely to occur thing will be Kevin Hart is going to be playing um, John Candy's character. And Will Smith will be playing Steve Martin's character. Mm-hmm. But, like, it'd be fun if it was reversed. If, like, Will Smith yeah. played the jackass character mm-hmm. and Kevin Hart played the, like, uptight family man. So, yeah. I, can, I, I would like that more. Because it would feel out of character, you know? Yeah. Actually, but if we're seeing Kevin Hart do the same thing Kevin Hart does all the time, it, it, it's, it's, it's getting so, uh, I don't know, old. You got me so interested, like, if, if they changed the story to be, like, something that uh, futuristic, intriguing, like, uh, fast things, you know? Imagine. Imagine. Imagination, like Figment says all the time. Also coming up soon, uh, Supernatural has been running for about 87 seasons. I think that's accurate. Google it. Um, well, it is has been announced that... It's going to be airing its last episodes, 88th season, beginning in October. So for those that love all seasons of Supernatural, I'm sorry. 
Last up on the news, Harry Potter. Yes, that Harry Potter, do not get that excited. It's not a new movie, and Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the play will not be a movie, because J.K. said it will never be a movie, at least like when... And when she's the, alive. And, yeah, when she's alive. But Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the very first Harry Potter movie that was released in 2001, 19 years ago, finally crosses $1 billion globally after 19 years from its original theatrical release. The film has been remastered in 3D, 4K version for wide release in China and some European countries. And it did great. It sold out in China several shows in IMAX, several shows in IMAX 3D, several shows in 3D theaters. People are loving to see this movie again. And I would love to go watch it on the big screen again. Are they going to do more or just the first one? Um, they because like the um, starting uh, Goblet of Fire, they were already uh, done in 4K and uh, remastered, so they just like need to work on. Uh, on but are they going to put them in so, theaters? Yes, they are. Yeah, they are bringing well, back in theaters. Yeah, it will be. So you know the three that I don't watch. Mm-hmm. Those three need to be remastered. Yes, but not first. really. <laughs> Is that why the graphics for Neville in the first one were like so bad? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they were really bad. Also. They had, I'm sorry, the smallest budget out of all of them. Mm. Because it was risky. They, they didn't know what can happen. Now the, they have some of the best graphics. Yeah. Well, the later ones? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. They were nominated for the visual effects for the last Even the, the original one, uh, to, like it was nominated with that small budget with that bad graphics towards the Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings definitely won everything that year. How many of the other ones have hit one billion? Uh, the last one. That's Deathly, it? Deathly Hollows. Uh, as far as I remember, I know, I know that the last one uh, hit... Uh, 1.3 or 1.4 billion like from its original theatrical release Half-Blood, and the, and the Half Blood Prince cap that should have hit 1 billion man Half Blood Prince is a phenomenal movie so great so good well that's all we got for the news today guys light on the news but we got a big review coming for you in a couple minutes next up on the report trailers oof today we're only talking one trailer singular And it's called The Secrets We Keep. In post-World War II America, a woman rebuilding her life in the suburbs with her husband kidnaps her neighbor and seeks vengeance for the heinous war crimes she believes he committed against her. It is directed by Yuval Adler, and it's starring Naomi Rapaz, Joel Kinnaman, and Chris Messina. I really liked the trailer because... It seems, it seems like it's going to be well-written because it could just be a story about a woman who gets revenge, but it seems like a story about a woman who wants to get revenge, but is more and more conflicted as she, the longer she waits. And I find that so fascinating because it's like, it's almost like the more and more she's with him, it's like, could she go through with it? And then it's like, what does that make her? And then it's like, what is what could forgiveness look like? I, I and I love these questions, and I think that that's the way the movie's going, and it's way better than a simple revenge story. Definitely, I cannot agree more with this. Like, uh, it's um, brutal and hard to feel and hard to to understand her feelings. No words can describe what these people have been through. 
like not only like the the the, the scare of the war, not only like uh, um, the beating and the rape, and to to have all the, these happening from from Nazis to all these Jews at that time, it's it's hard. And for her to see that person again after what happened, after like she seeked a, a refuge in the U.S. and she 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 didn't think that she will ever interact with him, and he would be her neighbor. It's crazy. I'm so excited to watch this movie. I'm really excited to see it. I disagree with you, Desiree. I, I, the one thing I wish I would have seen is her having more conviction. Really? I thought she was at war with herself in the No, trailer. I feel like she's, like, committed. I No, I feel like she wants to be committed. Hmm. I'm excited to see it, though. Mm-hmm. Because it looks... It, I agree with you. It looks like it's going to be well-written. I'm really hoping it's well-written and it's not just a great trailer like Dangerous Lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's it for trailers, guys. It's really the only trailer this week that we felt was worth talking about. So let's just get into Unhinged, guys. Last up on the report is our review. After a confrontation with an unstable man at an intersection, a woman becomes a target of his rage. It is directed by Derek Forte, written by Carl Ellsworth, and it is starring Russell Crowe, Karen Pistorius, Jimmy Simpson, and Gabriel Bateman. It is produced by Solstice Studios, and it is their first film, their first project they've produced. I'm really unfortunate that COVID hit when they were, you know, coming out the gate. I'm really, really hoping this film, you know, apart from our review, I'm hoping they can make some money back on this movie. Because it, I, you know, it, it'd be great to have another studio that hopefully starts making like really good movies moving forward. So, um, so guys, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get into non-spoilers first, but I, you know, I want to, I want to harp on, or I, I want to mention that this isn't it's not a movie that you got to worry about spoilers. Like, we are gonna do a spoiler warning to get into like a little bit more in depth. In reality, if you see the trailer, you know what you're getting into. You know what you're getting. There's there's really nothing to spoil except for like extreme details. But if you watch the trailer again, you know how this starts. You know how this ends. You know what it's about. Um, so, yeah. So getting into it, let's start off right off the bat. The beginning of the film. Uh, I I enjoyed the title sequence. I did. It shows... It like shows all the clips of people like losing their temper, like stuff you can find online, you know, compilation kind of. But it integrates like you know, uh, I don't know. It integrates it with like the the uh, the name, the title sequence, you know, directed by actors, all that stuff, and uh, and it does it really, really well to me. Like I feel like I got the point across. Um, it also shows like you know different accidents on the road of like people distracted while driving or road raging, a girl doing her makeup. I, you know, it, it, it shows a bunch of stuff. I thought it was really neat. Yeah, me too. I did enjoy the opening as well. And then really got hyped by the editing of the clips, like putting them together with the, with the beginning and like the titles and credits rolling. Um, I hope the whole movie will go at the same pace of editing, but what happened before the opening credits, um, and these clips was something else. The violence from the very first minute 
was so brutal. And it made me interested and curious to know and to have more questions about like the what, the why, the when. It's everything all over my mind. Why is he doing that? Where are we? When are we? Like, is this like before the incidents of the whole movie or after? I was waiting like for, for like a slide to pop up on the screen saying 24 hours before, 12 days before or something. So uh, from the very first minute, I was I was like excited and interested to see what's going on on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I found the the cold opener be uh, intriguing as well, and I was wondering the same stuff. Yeah, I guys, I don't. I think I I mostly disagree with you guys as far as how I felt about it. Like I did not enjoy or like the title sequence, the opening title sequence, or the cold opening at all. Um, the title sequence felt really like propaganda. Um, it was a bunch of clips together with dramatic music that made you feel kind of eerie and like sound effects that were off putting and like slices through some of the clips that I felt like were off putting. And it was, it was designed to make you feel some kind of way about road rage or being distracted on the road. However, if the, if you show the clips, like we should, if it's truly how we should feel, we will feel this way. You don't need to splice it together to kind of force us to feel this way. So in that sense, I didn't like it. It felt, it, it didn't, it not only felt like the movie was taking me into a certain like thought process, but I felt like it was forcing me into a certain thought process, which is always off putting to me and my personality. And then in the cold sequence, it was just, it set us up for what the film was going to be beautifully. However, I didn't like that. I didn't like what it was setting up. I didn't like what it was showing. And I didn't like how the film played out. Mm. It was very good at showing us this was about a character who was going to be some kind of way. And it felt empty and it was violent. And that's exactly how the whole film felt to me. So I was, I was, it's not that they didn't do a good job setting us up for what the film was going to be, but I just didn't like either, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 it does. Um, uh, you know what I didn't like? I, you know, I feel like we've heard a couple times from some listeners that, like, you know, Raul, you know, you get caught up on, like, little things. You know, spoiler warning, this is a little thing to many. Big thing to me. And, and that cold opening... We, he gets out of the car, it's storming outside, and I don't understand why he leaves the window down. It's it's raining. It's pouring rain outside. Is it obvious dramatic reasons? No. It's not. It's so that the camera can see what's going on. Exactly. Outside of the car. Which is infuriating. We don't even need to see in full detail what's going on outside the car. We can just... It's fine for us to vaguely see and, you know, paint further images in our minds, sometimes that's even more powerful. Correct? Mm-hmm. Just so, like seeing them blurry through the window and not really yeah. knowing what's going on. Yeah, I think so that I would d- be cool. I don't understand why we choose to leave the window down, which makes no sense. No person, even a crazy person. They don't want to clean that up. Is, yeah, is leaving their window down while it's storming outside so that it, it's it's soaking, their seat's soaking wet when they get back inside. Mm-hmm. But maybe he's out of his state of mind. No, no, no. 
Okay. Even the craziest person. Uh, exactly. I'm not defending. I'm just like no. saying people might say that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. They had lots yeah. of alternatives, but they... It's a mess. Um, I will say I did... I enjoyed... It, you know, we get introduced to him in the cold open. Then we see the, the Russell Crowe's character. Then we see the, the title sequence. And then we get introduced to our protagonists, which are... Um, Rachel and Kyle. And I actually like their introduction. Um, and I like the scenes of them to communicate. I feel like, except for a few exceptions to lines and things that just don't make sense. Um, I feel like their banter back and forth as a mother and son was different. And, and I enjoyed watching their, you know, their relationship as it was. I feel like the movie does really poorly establishing relationships. Um, but that's one that like I enjoyed watching as I learned more about them and their relationship because you know she's such a you know mess up and like she she she's late to everything and she can't keep a job and like yada yada yada. And like he's a son that had to grow up a little too fast. And so he talks to his mom a little more as if he's a little older than he actually is. Um yeah, I, I like all that, and I agree with you, but I still felt like it was a bit weak as far as, like... I think the whole movie's weak. You were sure, but even their relationship, I feel like, could have been stronger. You know, we needed that that strength between the love between them two so that we care later, and I don't think it was strong enough. The characteristic backgrounds of the other characters and, like, the developing of, uh, of, of, of all the characters of the movie, like, they're all shallow, like... They they might be like the best of the worst, like you know, like if you if you kind of put put it like this. But it's I, I believe it's the strongest relationship in the movie. Yeah. Also, I think it's a, it's a little bit short. I feel like it could have been a little bit longer, and so you could further establish some of this. Um, one relationship that I think was the worst of the worst was Rachel and Fred, her brother. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like that that's a relationship that's supposed to pay off later on and yeah because you don't establish it well you only show the negative sides yes you don't establish it well it doesn't pay off later so it's so it's so interesting you know when you get towards the end again without spoilers when you get towards the end and you see you know when you see certain things unfold at the end of the movie or towards the end of the movie you're like, wow, I really would have cared about this moment more if they would have made me care more about their relationship. You know who I did care about, now that I think about it, is her lawyer friend. Andy. I think Andy. you care about him because we know that actor and he's like... No, no, no. Their phone conversations were really good. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it established that they they knew each other on an intimate level. It established that they cared about each other. And they even, like, said things to make the other person feel better. Sure. And then they even, like, poked fun, like, oh, did you sleep through your alarm or something? Did you not set an alarm? Like, they knew each other. They knew each other. Yeah. yeah. So when things happened later, I was like, I, I couldn't watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did like that. I, I It's funny because thinking back on it, I was just thinking – I just like that actor a lot. Yes, he's, he's yeah. very charismatic and likable guy. But you're right; they did have good conversations. Mm-hmm. So no, 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 yeah, I think you're right. Um, 
anyway, let's jump ahead to some of the technicals as we tend to get into. Um, first off, like Desiree mentioned, the film and Sean mentioned, the film goes all out on violence. A few times I, I audibly reacted. <laughs> I, I, there was parts I didn't watch. Yeah. I audibly reacted to stuff going on on the screen. Desiree covered her eyes. She was like, nope, I'm not watching this. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, a lot. Like, much more than I expected from the trailer. Like, there's violence that I don't, that doesn't bother. I don't know why the violence in this bothered me more than other movies that are way more violent. I don't know. I I think it's... Uh, I think I think that might happen. It's so desensitized. I feel like like, I feel like the the lack of caring was very present in this. Which is why I made you watch that other movie because they do it a lot better in the other one. Yeah, Desiree made me watch Kidnap because this movie reminded me a lot of Kidnap. Kidnap's not a great movie. However, I do think Kidnap does a lot of things better than this one. And one of the things that they do a way better job about is making you care about the characters. And I felt like the characters were a bit more in-depth. And some of them, we don't even talk about it very much. But even the woman who kidnaps the child, I feel like I know her more than I know a lot of the characters in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, Desiree made me watch Kidnap. It, it has a lot of flaws as well. It's funny because where I think this one thrives, which is like, in that relationship between the mom and the son and the mom and the friend, I feel like a kidnap completely throws that they didn't even care about those scenes. They were just like, it's just, they, I feel like they wrote those in probably, you know, a couple minutes. And then they were like, now let's focus on the villains and like, you know, th- what's going on between them. Cause all that stuff is really interesting, but like all the stuff with like the mom interacting with the son was like, not good yeah it was weak but i felt like knowing her as a person was strong we were yeah. able to see her character like yeah, not, not I, her I, character as like what she's playing but like her character yeah. like her heart we were able to see that yeah like we get a moment in that one you know there's a lot of driving in that one as well and a lot of crashing and accidents and people getting hit by cars um but like one interesting thing about that would surprise me is is uh her like her they made they directed her to be compassionate and affected by the destruction yeah yes. most of the time in these movies when there's a somebody's chasing somebody for the greater good and an accident a five car accident happens behind them they don't care they don't it's just like it. it's yeah. just like awe and flash that's yeah. it or like in bad boys they, they make a joke about it yeah. Oh shoot! We'll get yelled about that later. Yeah. But in this one, we actually see a car flipping in her rear view mirror, her side mirror, and seeing that in her side mirror shows that she's seeing it. Yeah, and yeah. it's showing that she's taking it in, which makes her be more compassionate in a future scene. But in this movie, we don't get any of that. We're just supposed to learn a lesson from a man's violence. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, anyway, aside from the violence, the I, I'll say, I feel like a lot of critics are going to say that the cinematography in this movie was not good. And I, I disagree. Like, I, I, I don't think it's great. And, and, and that's just because it doesn't do anything refreshing. It doesn't do anything new. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, 
I feel like they didn't challenge themselves. And sure. they didn't they didn't take advantage of some opportunities to make it more intense and, and in your face and and play with like uh, more tracking shots. But, you know? Yeah, but you're right. It didn't do anything bad. So it wasn't it didn't do anything bad. It wasn't Yeah, it didn't take away from it at yes. all. It accomplished what it needed to, but like they didn't play with like other shots that they could have. Which is unfortunate you know i feel like you can really play with like i don't know a nice shot down the side of the car where you can see like you know russell crowe in the car and like and then seeing destruction behind them and i feel like that would be interesting i don't know they didn't play with like any fun angles i guess is what i'm getting at they it was very and i know they don't have the budget like houses there's so much cool stuff like as far as like adrenaline and suspense that you can do with houses just like yeah. not being able to yeah, sit around a yeah. corner or seeing somebody fly by a hallway, like all of this stuff, which, like lighting. Which kidnap does in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. They do a great job yeah. in the house. Yeah. And you don't even see much of the house. You see yeah. like a hallway and one room. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, cinematography for me well, was okay. Like, uh, as you said, like it doesn't need to be great. It doesn't need to be like, uh, but they had lots of opportunities that they missed, you know. Wide angles could have helped. Like bird eye shots, like you are doing car chase most of the movie, and you don't see a single one like from 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 the sky. You know, you don't see like the cars like chasing each other like and um, from the top from from the side like, um, like they 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 missed it. I think like, even it doesn't need budget that much. You know, a drone can, could have done it. You know, like uh, for for half a day, which, which would not be uh, great on budgeting. Hey, yeah, we did not see a single drone. I mean, a single uh, bird eye view. Yeah, no single bird eye. No, don't, I don't think I would have seen even drone shots. You know, which is like easy to be done. And, and something else that really distracted and bothered me: the glare on their cars in every single front scene. It it reminds the viewer that these are stunt driving because it doesn't make sense. You can see the other drivers and the other cars, but like uh, the main characters of the movie, you always, their windshield is, is glaring. You do not see the front of two, of the two cars are there together. If each one of them, only you can see them. Cause like you can see like the camera on the car itself and you can see the face of each character. These small things can like destroy an entirety of a, of a technicality of a film, you know, like, um, and they had the chance to do it better. But I'll take the glare over what they did in True Lies, where it's clearly a different actor riding. Oh, yes. <laughs> riding yes. The, the motorcycle, riding the horse. It's just like, and then they're not even trying to hide it. Yeah. And not only the cinematography, like the music. I felt the music was out of context. It wasn't that much of a distraction because like of, of, of the action scenes, but the very end of the movie, like there was like a distraction because like it doesn't fit. But overall, I was amused by the um, by the sound mixing, especially the sound effects of like punching, kicking, and the heavy breathing. They were all perfectly executed, executed, and there there is like harmony between them. Yeah, they really uh, they really used the audio to accentuate the violence. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Russell Crowe. I mean, Russell Crowe fit the role. I remember at times wondering, like, man, I wonder if Russell Crowe has a side like this in real life, like where he really loses his temper. Maybe when he's drinking, I don't know. Like, I remember thinking that, which at the very least means he didn't suck at the role, right? 
like, I, I remember thinking his walk was on point. Like, he has this weird waddle that if he walked towards me, looking at me like he's pissed, I'm, I'm not messing with that guy. Um, but I'm also thinking, like, is, is this the role I want? You know, the, the, you know, 20 years after A Beautiful Mind, is this what I'm like, that's what I want Russell Crowe doing? No. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think the actual character is something that I wouldn't want him to play. I just feel like the writing should have been better. Yeah. I wish the writing was better. Because like we said, I don't think he had enough backstory. Like getting two points without any elaboration. Yeah, like saying just like your backstory is that you were fired. Or your backstory was that you got a divorce. Like, I just don't think that's enough. Like, this is what happened during your divorce. Like, there just wasn't enough for the character to be in depth. And I don't know if that was necessarily his fault. I do think this is a cool role. Like, this idea is a cool role for him. Like, somebody who has just been beaten down by life and then snaps or becomes unhinged. I I just don't think that there was enough to... For us to understand that's what he was doing. And maybe they didn't direct him enough. Or maybe they didn't give him enough of an elaborate backstory. And so he just was a guy who was angry. Yeah. For me, the performance was like not distinct. That like it's, oh, it's a Russell Crowe thing that like nobody else can do. Um, I, I I can see like Liam Neeson or Jared Butler portraying the same role as, as him. Russell did a good job. He's a, he's, a, he's a good actor, of course. Don't get me wrong. But it's another one of, of, of regular portrayals that anybody else can do. It doesn't give depth to the background of the character or the good build to it or, like, what's the... It, it, can, it might be intentional for the filmmakers. I cannot blame him, you know? Like, at the end, uh, he's, he's following what's written and what's getting directed to him from, from a writer and director, you know? But we didn't receive a single reason from the character he's portraying for the extreme actions he took. As Desiree said, like not everyone getting fired from his job will go out as psycho and kill strangers, you know, or getting like divorced or something. They should have put more depth into the character itself. Yeah, I would have wanted I want to see him being beat down. I want to have conflict yeah. about the bad well, guy. Well no, exposition through dialogue is the worst. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good. It never feels natural. Yeah, like in That's Naruto. what we got. We got. Yeah. No, we get flashbacks in Naruto. <laughs> Don't you dare talk about Naruto. Water jitsu! <laughs> That's not exposition. No, that but is it is the talking. Name, it's the name of a spell. Yeah, to get the... the Excuse me, to... do you complain when they say, Expelliarmus! 700 the same, times? Same, yeah. You don't complain. It's the same thing. All right, all right. Touche, touche. Okay, move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, listen, Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe did a good job in this movie. I agree. It is poor writing. It's poor writing. It's poor direction. And ultimately, that is where the biggest problems lie. Uh, you know, he did a good job. The rest of the cast did fine. He really, really, really put his all out there for this role. It is just lies you know, in in the writing, like the movie is thrilling, the movie's disturbing. You know, it lacks suspense because, again, just writing and directing. And I yeah. don't want to, I don't want to get caught up on like blaming um, 
Russell Crowe or any of the other actors because it just I just think it's it's bad writing and directing. Mm-hmm. And I want and I don't want to blame just one or the other. Like I'm just gonna group them together. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is where I'm, we're gonna get the spoiler warning here. We're gonna again, like I, I really don't think it's we're gonna get into too much. Mainly, we're gonna talk about a little more about directing, a little more about writing, and ultimately have a quick conversation about the message of the film, which to me, at the very least, was troublesome. And Desiree already alluded it to her as well. Um, so again. You know, if you're very, very sensitive about spoilers, then, like, this is your spoiler warning. So, you know, Desi, we were talking about it earlier. That it's, it's so weird to me because I'm watching this movie, and we get that, that line, you know, with, uh, with Russell, where he says, um, you know, I'm going to, you're going to learn today. You're going to and learn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, teachers and, you know, classes in session, he's a teacher. Of course. And I'm like, man, this is such a, first off, it's such a guy thing, right? It's like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I um, know better than you. Yes. Um, you know, he's unhinged. But like, and, and, and so immediately I'm like, oh, he's, he's crazy. Okay, this is, I get it. You know, this makes he's sense. He's entitled. He's so entitled. But then we get narcissistic, you know. Yeah, and then we get it. Then I get the movie, and I'm thinking back on like what happened before that moment, what's happening after. We're hearing people's complaints about our main character, our protagonist. We, you know, she's tardy to a lot of stuff, and her kid's always late to school, and now he's going to get detention because he's late to school because she's irresponsible. The brother, you know, they don't take each other seriously, and yada yada yada. And then she has attitude problem, and she can't apologize, and that, and 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 it's really, really, really frustrating. That eventually, I just go. I feel like the message this, this for me, the message that is sending me is like, you know, I feel like it's a it's a film about mental illness. It's not done well, and so it feels like it's that's tell- what it wants to be. Yes, I feel like it's telling me, you know. Uh, the lesson learned is that she's the one who messed up. Yes. Not the guy who murders a yes. bunch of people. I feel like ultimately it's like, for us, it's not a movie about a guy that's crazy. It's a movie about a woman that messes up. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> The message of this movie is be careful not to poke the beehive of a crazy person. Yes. Should that really be the message? Or maybe the message should be, let's try to understand this guy and the mental health and how yeah. we can help him. Yeah. Why is the message of the movie just just coast through life without messing up? Like, yeah, the, like don't poke anybody. Don't, stay in your lane. That shouldn't be the message. The message should be let's connect with each other more. Let's have more empathy towards each other. I don't like the message at all. Yeah. The message sounds really like, like just like be reactive. Do not do anything. And it shouldn't be like that. It should be like more of... How can we protect uh, somebody like that? Like, if this was a movie about mental health, like when the little, you know, propaganda thing at the beginning starts talking about mental health rise issues, if that's really what you wanted to focus on, you shouldn't have made the antagonist the only one struggling with mental health issues. You should have shown somebody else. Yeah. 
as well. I think I think showing us more positions where we connect with him a little better would have helped this a lot. But ultimately, I don't know if it's so much written by what you're saying, Des, as much as like it feels like it's written or directed and or directed by someone that hates when people text and drive. Yeah. That hates when <laughs> it feels like it's written by someone in Russell Crowe's that like has experienced road rage. Rather that it, so it feels like this is a movie where like it's written by the road rager instead of the road rage e right the per, the victim of the road rage which is like we ultimately should put ourselves and ultimately like feel like the message is is positive towards the road rage e the victim of the road yeah. rage but it feels like it's all about the road like it feels like the writer was just like I hate. When yeah, people text, I, I can I see them. And so it's like it's an it, it, the whole, I, like I get to the end of the movie and I'm just like, really? I can see them because they like really like maybe one of them was like road rage, like, like and he couldn't react, and then like he got all the reaction in the film. Or well, we'll never know. Yeah, I I really feel like there was a missed opportunity. I don't like the portrayal of mental illness. Yeah. Ugh. I don't like the message. Like, I really, I, I really think. And then ultimately, like, I don't want to, like, I, I promise it wasn't going to be crazy spoilers. So I'm not going to talk about specifically the very end. But what happens right after the showdown further solidifies for me how I was already feeling. Yes. About the message of the movie, which is like, you know, don't, you know, don't piss off somebody on the road because they could come get you. And like, that's not what I think it should be about. Like it's basic. He says, I'm going to teach you a lesson. He taught her the lesson. Yes. I, I don't like it's that. It's such at a all. problem. It's such, it's such a huge problem of the movie. Mm-hmm. We should have empathy for him. If he's truly struggling yes. with mental yes. illness. Like, we need to understand where this is coming from because we're not all shallow people who are just mean. And you don't just check a box and say, oh, he was just mentally ill. He is a human being, and we should feel that way about him. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Like, we we, we didn't show any sympathy, any impact, like, because there's no building. There's no background. You don't see any of that. I will say, though, she messes up a lot in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, what, like, her decisions? Yes, her decisions. Oh, my gosh. She's honey. so bad. Oh, I don't want to dive into this. Who in this world in 2020 does not put a passcode on their phone? Uh-huh, and the reasons are not valid. Who in the world, like, she when, when, when she was about to hit that girl, like, in the, on this street, she can just, like, roll down the windows and talk, tell them to call 911. What state or what city in the world, like, will not have police officers available at any time, like, to call them? They are, like, changing know, they, were, they were too busy checking on an accident. That Kidnapped happened. did all these things right. It felt more believable. I was yeah, frustrated she with rolled the down officers. the window and yeah. said, repeat after me. Yeah. Green. Mustang GT. Yeah. Yeah. 80s Mustang GT, yeah. And, yeah, I, I agree with you in that aspect, Shama. And but they they could have fixed these little things. Of course. Why didn't they? Why wasn't the first scene her getting into an ex- accident because she tried to unlock her phone while driving? Uh, why was that it not? Would be the more first realistic, scene? correct? Yeah, this would have been more realistic. And then we could have shown flashbacks of his opening scene 
while he's taking his pills throughout the movie. The point is that we the 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 should have find better alternatives for that. You know, lots of plot holes that made the whole script looks perforated. You cannot like uh, it's like water is yeah. dripping from everywhere. Like if you try to fix it, this hole, you cannot like dripping from the other side. It feels like like patches, like very lazy Patch, patchwork yes, yes, on a script. Yes. And he seems. He doesn't just seem unhinged. Throughout the entire film, he seems smart. But then when he has that conversation with Andy, he, like, messes up a bunch of times. So it didn't really... It, it, like, that conversation with Andy kind of, like... Yeah. Kind of flip-flopped yeah. on the type of person he was. I was a bit confused during that scene. Yeah. Anyway, after the incident in the in, in, in the beginning, like, it, it took time, like, at 3 in the morning or something, and then they are leaving at, like, six uh, 7.30 in the morning... He has been driving for that long with the same shirt, with the same jacket. Like, why he didn't uh, go and change? Like, things that, like are not relevant. What was he doing? You know, what what was his plan? Where is he going? What 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 gonna happen? You know, all these things that should have been answered in a way that will make things realistic and will make us getting connected to him. Yes, even realistic being to, and even, connected. You know, yes, that's. I feel like those are two words missing from this movie: realistic and connected. Yeah. Well, guys, that's that's. I mean. I feel like we got into it pretty good, pretty heavy. I know. I'm sorry. I got a little. I got a little hot in. I just think we should care about people. So this movie pissed me off. <laughs> Those are our thoughts, guys. Uh, you know. Well, let's get into report cards real quick. Real quick, Des got heated. What's your report card? I give it a very generous five. Okay, Sean. I give it a five. Welcome back to the movie theaters. I. Also, I'm going to give it a five. Um, yeah, because I feel like I give Kidnap a six. I think Kidnap's just a little bit better. So I give this a five. I feel like Kidnap is just it takes it that much more because the message is good. Yes, and I think the villains are, are good in that one as well. Yes. Um, but anyway, so yes, uh, guys, you know, let us know if you are watching Unhinged in theaters, if you're going to wait. Um, if you do watch it, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, do you agree with our takes on it? Um, we definitely, definitely, definitely want to hear from you guys. Um, yeah, and if you're going out there, hit us up on 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 Twitter. Let us know. Hey, we're gonna I'm gonna go check it out. Um, we'd love to see that on Instagram or Facebook, whatever you like. Uh, let us know. Hey, I'm gonna go check it out. Let you know what you think and, and then uh, what I think, and let us know what you think afterwards. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at mreportpod and on Facebook at Minorities Report Film. You can like, subscribe, comment, share. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Desiree, where can people find you? You can find me at Ezerphoto, that's E-Z-E-R, on Instagram. And you can find me at Mohamed Chama on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at mreportpod. Be part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours, my Norse's report. Peace.